Welcome to another Take Note podcast, episode 77. My name is Chris Harper. Take Note, the radio program, is heard weekdays on Harvest Family Radio Guam. In it, we discuss a theme or topic from the Word of God between songs. In this podcast version, we bring you a 10-minute recap from one of our favorite programs from the previous week, minus the music. Today, we want to ask you to take note of Nahum 1, 2 through 9. We approach a text from the Old Testament today that's somewhat unfamiliar. It requires we examine a few details from other books of the Bible before proceeding, but it reminds us of some things about God that we would do well not to forget. It brings to mind a name we find in 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and Isaiah, one Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who assaulted Judah and tried to conquer Jerusalem. Isaiah 37 tells us what happened when he did that. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, that's Sennacherib, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib king of Assyria departed, and went and returned, and dwelt at Nineveh. God defended his people and their capital city against these wicked invaders, leaving 145,000 Assyrians dead and their king defeated in retreat to Nineveh. Even this terrible army could not stand against the God before whom the mountains quake, which is our theme today from Nahum 1, 2 through 9. Nahum was a prophet of God, and he prophesied during the time of the Assyrian kingdom before Sennacherib's army was destroyed. Nahum's name means the comforter. He comforted the people of God and that he assured them that God would take action against his adversaries and continue to show his goodness to Israel. Those may be the two key features in our passage of the day, which we want to read in its entirety now. Nahum 1, 2 through 9. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, and great in power, and he will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust in him. 
but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Well, we see that God is good and slow to anger in this passage, but we also see that he reacts with fierce anger toward his enemies. His character is consistent. He's long-suffering, but decisive in his judgment. Now a more detailed look at each verse. Nahum 1-2, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. So we discover that God is jealous in many Old Testament passages of Scripture. He's the one true God who deserves all honor, all glory, and all worship. He's furious with those who set themselves against him, against those who are his enemies, against those like Sennacherib and his armies that seek to destroy his work and his people. But this is only part of the story. We find a very important detail in the next verse, Nahum 1.3. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds of the dust of his feet. God does not take revenge quickly. He does not become furious and take vengeance hastily. He is not easily angered. In fact, he's described as slow to anger here. That means he is patient. He refrains from action against the wicked, no doubt providing them with opportunity to turn from their wickedness to him. But he's also great in power. All power on earth cannot be compared to his power. And those earthly powers are only allowed to exist because of his mercy. It says the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. That means he's a God of justice. We see this in the crucifixion of Christ. When Jesus pays the penalty for sin, it was a penalty that had to be paid. But Jesus took that penalty because God loved us. He will use the whirlwinds and the storm to show his power. And as people walk on dusty ground, he walks on the clouds. We see more about his mastery of the natural world as we continue. Nahum 1.4 He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. All of the oceans on earth can be dried up at his command. The rivers are the same. He is the master over them all. Even the beautiful and fertile places of the earth will be made barren at his command. He has control over everything on land and sea. What's more, Nahum 1.5, the mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. The very mountains quake at his presence, the hills melt away, the earth heaves before him. Both the world itself and everyone that dwells within it they are subject to the one true God alone and at the mercy of his power. No one can stand before him. Nahum 1.6 Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? 
His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. We know the answer to the question in this verse before it's asked. No king or group of kings, no general and no army, no council of generals or assembly of armies can stand before his indignation. His fury pours out like fire. Rocks are broken in pieces by him. He can overcome all that rise up against him. But there's more to be known about his character. We see it in Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. God is good. He's a safe place in times of trouble. His people take refuge in him. His power and strength represent safety and security. When assaults are launched against his people, he is their protector. He has a relationship with those who trust in him. He cares for and protects them. His adversaries face something else altogether. Nahum 1.8 But with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. So he will make a complete end of his adversaries. He will pursue his enemies into darkness. This means several things. For his people, it means protection from evil. It means he will fight on their behalf, and it means evil will not win. For those who set themselves against him, it means consequences. Now, he has been slow to anger. He has been long-suffering. He has shown mercy. But evil intentions have given way to evil actions and violence against those he loves. And God will not let it stand. He is just. Jehovah will end their rebellion against him and will pursue them as far as necessary to thwart their wicked schemes. That's exactly what he does. Nahum 1.9 What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Sennacherib and his armies planned to assault and conquer Jerusalem, but God made an end of their plot, killing 145,000 Assyrians and sending the Syrian king back to Nineveh. One commentary says it this way, God will not have occasion to send affliction on Nineveh a second time. This visitation will be so exhaustive that there will be no need to repeat it. This is the destiny of God's enemies. They will not stand. Any victory obtained by the wicked today will be temporary. He is in total control. Well, you've been listening to the Take Note Podcast. These few minutes together are brought to you by Harvest Ministries and KHMG on Guam. Our website is khmg.org, khmg.org. Every episode, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God. My name is Chris Harper. Thanks for listening.